military veteran, entrepreneur, college professor, father of four, and your podcasting host, Dr. Aaron Bryant. What is going on, people? And welcome to this edition of DrBryantSpeaks.com. I am your host, the DOC. Our show, of course, is for all those military veterans and families out there in the world. But of course, anyone that is willing to listen is welcome. I have been reading your comments and more importantly, paying attention to your concerns. And I have to say, thank you very much. I cannot express how pleased I am to hear how much you like this show. I especially appreciate the specific parent who felt that my show, the previous show, being a parent, was endearing and how much they learned something. That is what the show is all about. I am someone that has been through so much and I am only trying to leverage where I am now to provide some insight. Now every show, we will discuss new and various topics that impacts families and military veterans. Many of the topics actually come from you, the listeners, and some are hot topics that are impacting each and one, every one of us today. And then some of the topics, well, I find they could be either entertaining or educational. So I just wanna be able to share that with you. In fact, today's topic is something of that nature where it's a bit lighthearted, and yet it has a very important purpose. So today's topic, without further ado, is called Good or Bad. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually is about golf. Is golf good therapy? Now, I know you're probably going, what? What, what, is, <laughs> what is he talking about? Why do I care about golf? I probably don't even like golf. Well, you probably don't like golf. I love golf. But you know, the thing is, uh, you know, growing up when I was a young kid, couldn't stand golf. I mean, when I grew up on Saturday mornings in Compton, my brother and I, we would race it at TV. In fact, we would wake up pretty early in the morning and we'd turn on the TV because we wanted to watch our favorite cartoons. That was about the only time we could actually watch TV. And interesting enough, there'd be something on TV that would take forever to get off. These white guys would be walking around, hitting some ball over and over again. I thought it was the dumbest thing for so many years. I, I just couldn't understand it. And yeah, I said a white guy, because that's all there was out there. I mean, Lee Trevino probably would pop up here and there, but there was no Tiger Woods back then. You know, so I, that's all I saw was white guys out there hitting the ball and I couldn't stand it. Mainly because I couldn't watch my cartoons. But as I got older, things changed, obviously. So here I am talking about golf, wearing my World of Golf shirt that I got at St. Augustine, Florida, not too long ago. But the topic I wanna emphasize is about the therapeutic side of it. 
and let's get into that a little bit. But how did I get into golf? I want to. I know you're probably questioning that because maybe you don't play and you're thinking about it, or you're wondering why should you. So let me let's explore that. Um, post military, my body's you know not like it used to be. I'm in great shape, but definitely not like it used to be. My sport was basketball. I'm from Compton, so you know. We don't have a lacrosse. We don't got all this expensive stuff out there. Can't afford a tennis racket, even though Venus and Serena, they were able to get that because their father was able to, you know, work those little angles and network and be able to restring the strings on its own. You know, he was resourceful. Hats off to him. But some of us in the inner city, we just didn't have those resources or our parents didn't have the time. So one of the simplest and cheapest ways of a sport for us was to play basketball. Somebody had a basketball among 10 guys, 10 boys. So that's what you excel at in the inner city. Um, so for me not to be able to continue and play basketball and I get out of the military is a little disappointing. My body just wasn't gonna allow it. I was in, you know, I'm an airborne ranger. My body just, after all those jumps and everything else that I've done and experienced, you know, disability was rap rapidly increasing as more and more things start to become, become aware, just wasn't gonna happen. Uh, you're finding a job, you start figuring out that people are doing different things and one of the most common things in the professional industry is golf. My father-in-law actually, my former father-in-law was the one who actually took me out and uh, started giving my very, very initial lessons on how to hold the club, et cetera. And then we'll figure it out from there. And I start getting into it because I simply just couldn't play other sports. But it proved to be something that allowed me to network with other professionals. And that was kind of the direction I was headed. So as I'm getting more involved with different things and my career is taking a certain direction, this is word of golf started coming up more and more often, so maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> it was actually pretty easy to adopt once I got a little bit of an open mind because one thing I did like about golf was that it was outside. I like that part of it. You're outside. So that was the beginning. And like pretty much anything else that I know me personally, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability, which is even one of the reasons why I chose being a ranger. When I signed up as with the recruiter, I wasn't gonna just do this or that. If I'm gonna go in the military, I'm gonna try to do something that separates me, challenges me, allows me to become the best that I can possibly be, push me to the limit. And I became a ranger and you try to be the best that you can, you know, best you can be, not just a cliche for the Marines. So I start practicing, just start practicing. And then next thing I know it, I'm watching the golf channel. <laughs> and then I'm watching videos. Then I'm printing out like, sheets of paper on how to and i'm making xerox copies out of books i mean i just kind of got into it to understand and to learn everything i could 
And I just did not want to be bad at the game. I just, if I'm going to be out there and this is a self-performing sport, I want to be the best. I want to be the best that I can be. So that's what I eventually moved into that direction to do. And I did exactly that. And I got to the point where I was pretty good. I got to the point where I can actually get out there on the golf course. I went from the little small municipal nine hole courses where you kind of just fumble around to the point where you start doing pretty well. Then you go and you spend a little more money and you get onto the bigger courses where things are a little more disciplined and more competitive. And that's where I found myself, where I felt that I can actually start doing some damage. One of the things about golf is that it's more than just a sport of self-performance. Golf allows you to expand who you are. So the question is, is golf therapeutic? Is it good therapy? Well, I'm not gonna answer the question yet, is it good therapy yet? That's up to you. But I will say that when you expand your horizons with golf, you tend to find yourself or you have the opportunity to be able to go into different things. One of the things that it opened the doors for me was getting more involved with the community. I absolutely enjoy that I was able to be involved with golf clubs that actually had a purpose of giving back. The Sacramento Area Black Golf Club is one of the ones that I was a part of when I lived in Sacramento. Great organization. Although I was one of the youngest people in it, most of the people that was actually a part of the club was over 55, 60 years of age. And that's, you know, typically because they were retired and could afford to play this sport. And that's something you're gonna commonly see. Go to a golf course, the average age is gonna be over 50, over 60 in some cases. And that's just the nature of the beast average race or the majority race you're going to see is going to be white and you get used to that and the best thing for you to do especially if you're somebody like me with my skin tone is to try to be the best you can be so that way you're not embarrassing yourself and then they wonder why are you even on their course <laughs> but when you're involved with the community nobody cares it's all about giving back it's all about being in those clubs supporting junior golf, going into uh, participating with fundraisers, being able to raise money based on, you know, competing for hole-in-one prizes, being able to enjoy life. That's what it's all about if you really think about it. Being able to give back. Now, giving back is one thing. But then you start to actually network with others because the people who can afford to pay for these different activities are also the same people who are probably successful in their particular roles of life and can have the money and the job opportunities. So think about that when you're actually considering, ah, do I really want to get out there and do some sort of pay forward fundraising? You know, Attending a fundraiser is not always fun when everybody's always asking you for money. 
but the opportunity to meet people who are there, the people who are actually have the ability to pay those funds could actually be somebody you may want to meet. So again, golf can open the doors to a lot of things. And if you're somebody who's looking for a job or a better job or an opportunity to meet people who have the control and power, guess what? Chances are they'll be on the golf course. So think about that when you decide that you don't want to go out there and actually contribute to a fundraiser. And keep in mind, you don't necessarily have to pay. Sometimes you can always volunteer and work at a fundraiser. And that could be just as rewarding as anything else. So I got so caught up in the golf that I ended up expanding into some areas where I felt that I could actually start coaching. I mean, I literally understood and knew so much about golf. I mean, from the mechanics of golf, purpose of clubs. I mean, it was just like literally, I I mean, considering the fact that I am a scholar, considering the fact that I am a professor, it, it makes sense to know that I'm gonna try to understand everything about golf. So why not coach my daughter? And that's what I tried to do for a while. I basically was teaching my daughter, helping her gradually become better, almost to the point where she would actually acquire an advanced PGA level coach. On one of my other podcasts, when being a parent, I talked about that relationship. And without opening that door too far, I do want to say that if you're going to consider coaching your own child, just be cognizant of how you do that. Now, interesting enough, it wasn't just my daughter that I decided to coach, but I actually wanted to coach other kids as well. And so I became a high school golf coach. An opportunity opened up. Hey, why not? And then I basically provided opportunities for young female golfers at a local high school. I also became the director of a golf program. And I started getting involved with a county organization that actually facilitated NCGA tournaments. So that's how involved I got. I mean, I literally was facilitating you know, events and tournaments and mentoring kids and helping them get opportunities to go to college. I literally got very involved at almost every aspect that I could, almost to the point where I could actually compete pro myself. I was literally considering that. However, the reality is you need a lot of money to go pro. I mean, unless you're planning on sleeping out of your car, banking everybody for sponsorship, and you can basically handle a four under handicap, the chances are I wasn't going pro. But it was fun to at least dream about it at some point. But when you're getting into golf, you have to think about what is it doing for you. And I truly felt a lot of the things that I was doing and a lot of things I was being a part of was somehow giving me some balance. I know it was a very distracting thing because golf takes a lot of time. I mean, one round of golf can be between four hours to five hours, and that's not including hole number 19. And for those of you who, don't, who do not play golf, 19 is where we drink. Okay, so I've been saying all these things about golf, and I know you've kind of gotten an understanding about my relationship with golf, and I still haven't actually told you, is it good therapy? And again, I think that's something for you to manage and decide upon. 
But the other side of golf is it can be very competitive. Now, I'm a type A personality. And I told you, I went into the Rangers because I want to be the best. And part of being the best is mean, meaning that you got to beat your battle buddy and you got to leave everybody behind to the point where you're not leaving a fallen soldier, of course. But it is important to do the best you can at every turn. You know, golf can be something that creates a competitive nature in yourself. And even though it's a self-independent sport, you just find yourself where you're just trying to be the best. And that could allow you to spend time away longer than you anticipated. Sometimes I can go on a golf range and I'm out there for three, four hours and lost time. And again, that could be a good thing. But it could also be a bad thing, especially if you have responsibilities or you're supposed to be at home. This could turn. This could be considered an addiction at some level. The fact that you're spending more time there versus other things that you could be doing. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com.